When productivity meets party with your girl, Party Perry, are you ready to turn, 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 turn up your happiness, turn up your success and everything in between. Learn how to have fun while getting all your stuff done. Grab the red solo cup and a pen because we are about to party. Do you want to start a YouTube? What type of camera do you get? What type of editing software do you need? Can you even make money off YouTube? Like as an early YouTuber, a tuber? Well, I got you this episode. We are diving in with the beautiful, incredible Vibe with Aid on how to have a successful YouTube channel. I am super blessed to have her on the podcast. I found her actually through YouTube and I've just been obsessed with her content ever since. We share so many spaces. She's also a coach. She has an amazing freebie I have in the show notes for you about finding your why and finding your purpose. So make sure that you check that out. It's in the episode summary, but I'm super excited to dive in this conversation. This was our first time actually meeting, and I hope that you feel the energy um, that we had together. I'm super excited to meet her in person one day and give her a big hug and just enjoy each other and really um, be friends off of the internet, I guess. But thank you, Aid, for coming on the podcast. We're also doing a podcast swap. So I will be on her podcast tomorrow and check that conversation out. It was super fun to do a podcast swap. We did our podcast. We set out two hours and that was amazing. It was honestly perfect. Like if anyone else wants to do a podcast swap, like hit up your girl. It was so, so much fun. Before we dive into the conversation, I do want to share my listener of the week. This lady has been there since day one. Like literally the moment I came out of her, my mom, Lena, she was the first person to leave me a review and she's always been so supportive with everything that I do, the craziness um, of the party life. And I'm just so thankful to have a mother that supports me and loves me and helps guide me. But my mom, do love me? Follow her on Instagram. She a baddie, she a milf. But she said, I love this podcast. Perry has me reevaluating my life, the things that I've done and things I plan to do. Can't wait for the next episode. Thank you, mom, so much. Shruti knows she's my listener of the week. I was telling her before I did the intro, but I love you so much. And thank you for being part of the party squad. I want to do my see a chug, send a chug, and my party foul moment of the week. So if you don't know, I'm an official ambassador for Insomniac Events. And this is crazy to say out loud, and it's a dream come true. When I first started creating content in the EDM space, everyone told me you need 20K, you need 20K to get invited to the Insomniac team. And at that point, I think I had 2K. And I was like, man, like maybe one day, like we're gonna get it, we're gonna get it. Um, One day I'll have Pascal be like, Perry, you're amazing, join the team. But it always kind of seemed not realistic just because I was so far off from 20K and the ambassadors that I did know were producing way better content, having better engagement, had more followers than I had. But that never stopped me from showing up and posting consistently and producing good content. 
I am here today. Um, I don't have 20K followers on Instagram. I have about 10.4. Numbers don't mean anything. It's all about how you connect with your audience and how you truly have that bond and connection with people. So I'm proud to say that I'm Insomniac Ambassador and I don't have 20K and I have scars on my legs and I'm, you know, wear wigs sometimes and I'm crazy and I mess up and sometimes my editing isn't perfect, but I'm still pushing things forward and I'm still accomplishing my goals and I'm still showing up being imperfect and people see that and I hope that this has inspired you my little rant but numbers don't mean any you know anything everything and the way you look doesn't mean anything either if you show up consistently and if you put your heart in your soul of what you're doing anything is possible for you anything is possible for you so I do have an official link to purchase through Insomniac. The first show I'm promoting is Lost in Dreams in the beautiful city of Las Vegas. It's downtown. I'm super excited to have a festival in my city. We love to save money. But tickets are on sale now. It's September 4th and 5th at downtown Las Vegas Event Center, which is amazing venue. There's going to be three different stages, which I'm interested in. And how they're going to fit three stages in there without sound bleed. But we'll figure it out. I Insomniac is the rave EDM god, so he will he will conquer all. But I wanted to share some of my favorites on the lineup. Seven Lions and Griffin. I've never seen them before, so I'm super excited to see them. Manila Killer back-to-back Chet Porter. Like, what the feels? I'm super excited just to be in the festival and cuddle with Doug the whole time and just enjoy Labor Day weekend. Again, I have a link in the show notes to purchase tickets. My party foul of the week honestly just being so sleepy i was so sleepy all this week and i was just crashing like every day i don't know what it is i drink water before coffee but maybe i just need to go to bed a little bit earlier so my party foul this week staying up being sleepy come on someone drop some energy tips for your girl i hope you are excited for this episode with vibe with aid thank you so much queen for coming on the podcast and i cannot wait to officially meet you in person. Hello, party squad. I hope you are having a fantastic Monday. I am here with a very special guest. I've always looked up to her and she kind of really inspired me to be more in the rave scene and to go to all these festivals. I am here with Vibe with A today. She is a content creator. She has a YouTube, Instagram, her TikTok's blowing up. And she's also in the coaching space with me. So I'm super excited to d- dive in today with this beautiful soul. We're also doing a podcast swap. So go ahead, listen to our episode. I believe we'll be on tomorrow because mine's Monday, she's Tuesday. So look out for that tomorrow with the beautiful Vibe with Aid. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And that was such a cute intro. (laughs) I'm like smiling. I'm like well shaped. I was actually, when I went to the bathroom, I was like, what should I say? What should I say? (laughs) I love it. Came Um, right right at the spot. (laughs) Just introduce yourself um, to the audience, who you are, where you're located. How long have you been in the rave space? Yeah. So like Perry said, I am a content creator and also a full-time life coach. I made the transition to life coaching and content creating full-time this year in February. And so 
That all started when I started Vibe with Aid back in 2017. It started out as a blog to help music festival goers attend music festivals. So I filled it with lots of tips, tricks, everything that I've learned um, from going to music festivals. I started out in the rave scene in 2015. Um, and so I had moved to Austin and I was working at a digital marketing agency. And so I just decided to start vibe with aid cause I didn't have any friends in Austin. And I was like, you know what, I have this idea, let's do it. And it has brought me just so much joy and so much connection and just so many amazing things from starting that, um, to where I am now. So it's been a crazy journey and I'm happy to be here and just share everything with you guys today. Yay. We're super honored to have you. We're kind of going to get into everything, but mostly I get the theme of the podcast is starting a successful YouTube channel because that's how I found you was on YouTube Mm -hmm. and your YouTube has grown um, and you're always consistent. So I know a lot of my students, they want to start a YouTube either they started it and nothing came about or they're too scared. So the first thing I kind of want to do is like break down some limiting beliefs I feel like a lot of people have. So what do you have to say for people who may feel awkward on camera? Yeah, it's going to take time. (laughs) I, to this point, I just don't think about the fact that there are people on the other side of the camera. Like I just treat it like I'm talking to like my mom, talking to a friend. That's kind of how I've always treated it. And if you guys go back on my YouTube channel and look at the very first video, which is like my first sit down video, I think I called it AIDS first vlog, which wasn't technically a vlog. (laughs) It was just me doing a sit down video. And I am so robotic and just not myself and just like trying to come off as this perfect person, basically. And it's just going to take time to get comfortable in front of the camera. And it all comes with practice. So the more you sit down and film, Um, I always also recommend just going on Instagram and start talking on your Instagram stories. Um, That way you just get comfortable with that sense. And to that you're getting, you know, those are only up for 24 hours. So whatever you do or say, like you can either delete it or it'll be gone in 24 hours. You know what I mean? So that's honestly kind of how I started getting more comfortable was doing YouTube, but then also doing those Instagram stories. And that helped me a lot in that sense, um, just starting to get more comfortable with that whole process for sure. I love that you said about the stories because so true, just put your story up, just, you can, if you don't have makeup on, you can do a filter and just like talk and yeah, it's gone in 24 hours. Even if you have it up for an hour, you know, like just delete it, but just speaking in front of the camera. Another thing that I hear is that you need an expensive camera to start a YouTube Yeah, no, um, that's definitely a big thing, especially now with the quality of iPhones, especially if you have like an iPhone. Um, And then there's some of like the nicer like Google phones too that have really good cameras from what I've heard. Um, You just need a camera to start. I know Festival Finesser, he filmed all his stuff on a GoPro too. And like some of the older GoPros, Um, I had a GoPro when I started that I did a lot of those like festival compilation, like after movie type things. Mm -hmm. And then I invested in a nicer camera when I wanted to start doing more sit down videos. And that was when I was like, okay, I kind of like YouTube. I like the idea of like, I have all this written content from my blog that I can turn into a YouTube video. Like those are basically the scripts, you know, the scripts Mm -hmm. were already written. I just had to sit down and film it. And so I did get a nicer camera, but to a lot of people, you can do it with an iPhone. I even use iPhone at 
like for the festival vlogs a lot of the time, because sometimes cameras, nice cameras aren't allowed in if you don't have a press pass or a media pass. So I do the vlogs a lot on my phone as well. Um, so yeah, you don't need any of that stuff. I think the only thing I typically recommend to focus on is just lighting, make sure your lighting's good. So whether you have natural lighting or you get a box, I have a box light up here. Um, and I have a mini ring light that my web camera sits on, but, um, you don't need a whole lot to start. I think it's just best to start, just start, start recording, start filming, start getting comfortable. And then once you know that you like YouTube, start investing in it more and getting, you know, all the nifty stuff and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. When I first started the podcast, I just bought a really cheap mic. I just upgraded to like, quote unquote, one of the good mics, the best mics on the mm -hmm. market. And they're like top three or top five. But yeah, just start, start. If yeah. you got a phone, just do, do it. Um, and next thing, a lot of my students are like, well, no one's even going to watch it. Yeah, no one might watch it at the beginning. You never really know. Um, it, I, for me, when it came, especially to the tips videos, I was like, as long as one person gets helped, you know, my job is done. Like if it gets one view, hopefully that one person got something out of it, you know? <laughs> and um, you never know with the YouTube algorithm, what videos are going to hit, right? I knew with Ubby Dubby this past um, Ubby Dubby this year that happened, I knew it was going to get some traction, but all of those videos combined, I think hit around 20,000 views oh. um, from the vlogs to the review and the podcast episode. I think my podcast episode was the video component was the most watched video podcast I've ever had. And I, I was not expecting that. And so you just never know what the YouTube algorithm in that sense to keep you on how it's going to perform, but it's also just going to take time, especially if you don't have, um, a big audience on any of your platforms, it's just going to take time for me. I already kind of had an established Instagram audience of about around maybe 3000, 4,000 when I started going hard on YouTube. So that kind of helped, but it, you kind of get used to doing a lot of the promoting on all the platforms to get people to watch. So you'll do stuff on Instagram and that'll go to your YouTube. You'll do stuff on TikTok and so on and so forth. So it's just going to take time to get those views to go up, but that could also help you if you feel like you're not awkward on cam. If you feel like you're awkward or not comfortable on camera, if no one's seeing it anyway, then you just <laughs> get in the habit so that you can work up to what you want to look like and feel like. So when you do start getting a lot of views, you feel like you're putting your best foot forward too. So you can kind of look at it from a couple of different ways um, in that sense. Yeah. I like that a lot for sure. If no one's watching, if you feel awkward, who cares? No one's going to look at it anyway. Yeah. That, that just gives you more practice, you know? Um, I just want to talk about too, like where do you even start? What equipment do you use to do the YouTube yeah. So, um, how I started out, like I said, I had a GoPro and then when I first wanted to make the investment, I got a Sony a 6,000. Um, I love that camera. I, it's my tried and true. Like I do that for the sit down videos. I'll do that for the vlog footage outside of the festival. Um, unless I know that I can bring that camera in cause it does have a detachable lens and that's the requirement. Like if your camera has a detachable lens, it won't get into the festival. Oh, um, yeah. I've only had one issue and that was at gold rush and I had a press pass then. So I, I just told her I have a press pass and she was like, oh, okay, you're good then. Um, so that's the camera I typically bring 
to festivals and sit down videos, everything like that. And then, like I said, I do use my phone um, for some of the festival footage. And then I did invest in a Sony ZV-1 last year. It's the new vlog camera from Sony. It has like the viewfinder. So like you can see yourself as you record. They have a really good like microphone input. So if it's windy, it helps with the audio. The only thing that was a little bit rough, and I don't know if it's a setting I need to fix, but the audio got kind of muffled from the live set footage at Ubby Dubby. So it sounded, yeah, it was like, it's so weird. Like the audio sounds better on an iPhone than that camera should. So I might just need to look into it, but I have those cameras and then, um, and this is all stuff I've worked up to you guys. You do not need this to start. I'm just kind of going through my whole tools and stuff and pick what feels good to you. Um, I do have this microphone. It is from Amazon. I don't know what the brand is, but I think it's um, Fifine. <laughs> I, like um, I like your little hook. Yeah. yeah, and I have the little microphone boom stand that I also got from Amazon. So I use this for the podcast, but I've started using it for audio on my YouTube videos, my sit down videos, because um, this is a tangent, but I'm in Texas in Austin and the winter storm happened in February. Mm-hmm. And that was just like a crazy time for all of us. But while that was happening and our power was out, a fire broke out in the apartment building next I to me. That's in your story. Yeah. Yeah. From someone just trying to keep warm, they ended up lighting the whole apartment building on fire. Um, so I now use the microphone for the sit down videos because they're doing construction literally right next to my window. (laughs) Um, so I care about the audio and everything like that. So that's something that I've had to add and implement this year to kind of combat that. Cause you know, living in an apartment life, trying to create content, you just got to make it work. Yeah. Um, and then I do have these backdrops in, I don't know if you do video yet for these episodes. No, uh, okay. that's going to be one of my questions. Do you think it's worth putting a podcast on YouTube? I think so. Definitely. Um, I think for a lot of people, they aren't commuting as much anymore. They might start commuting now that things are kind of normaling out, but I just wanted that video component for some people. Um, and so I expanded into that maybe towards the middle or later of last year, I was working through my own beliefs of like, who's going to watch it on YouTube and like stuff like that. <laughs> Um, but since I've added it, I think it helps a lot of people, um, you know, watch it from home, throw it on while they're cooking, like stuff like that too. Um, and so I do have backdrops that I got from Amazon and Harry has the same one. (laughs) (laughs) Harry has the same one. I added backdrops. I got it for at home photo shoots, but then like I'm going to festivals again. So I was like, I don't really need it for at-home photo shoots anymore, but it kind of works like for Zoom calls, like for these podcasts and stuff, like it works to have this backdrop. And then last thing, like I said, lighting. So I did the box lights instead of a ring light. I like the look of the box lights and I can control kind of the lighting. And I have a pair of two box lights that I got from Amazon. I think it was like 75 bucks for both of them. Um, and I've had these since 2018, I want to say, so I've had them for a while and they've lasted me the whole time. And so any, it's really easy for me to just bring it out. Anytime I have a podcast, a YouTube video, I try and do natural lighting when I can, but like today it's a gloomy day in Austin. So had to whip it out. And then I have a smaller, more desktop, uh, ring light that I use for like the podcast. And then I'll use it for, um, like when I'm a guest on a podcast or we're doing these episodes, 
Um, or I'll use it for like Instagram lives. Cause I can put my phone on it and it, ha- it like holds it too. Um, that's everything I think, <laughs> but it, it's taken years. Like I've done YouTube since 2017, 2018. So it's just taken time to like accumulate all of this stuff. And, um, even doing this zoom podcast, I have a webcam too, that I got from Amazon that I really like, oh, okay. um, which I can send to you please. Yeah. Yeah. I'd zoom video. It's terrible quality. Yeah. It's oh, not that much greater quality. <laughs> okay, it's because I do festival tales podcast with Babs and mm-hmm. in his old spot, um, his old office, he had like a Canon as like his camera. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like my camera looks so bad compared <laughs> to his. So like, I was like, I just need to get a webcam or something <laughs> to kind of like, so we look a little bit same quality here. <laughs> I didn't even think about a webcam that's she, that's hope me want to put it on YouTube because right now I just feel like it's blurry and I just don't like yeah. it. I guess I need to invest in and get what yeah, editing with you. please yeah what editing software do you use? Oh yeah so I use iMovie. So a lot of people also think that they need Final Cut Pro, they need to learn Adobe Premiere, which a lot of people learn those platforms in college or they learn it in school, which that wasn't the case for me. So I taught myself iMovie. And I've gotten iMovie to do everything I need, really. So there hasn't been a point where I needed Final Cut Pro or Premiere. I try to teach myself Premiere Pro and I just like, I'm working a nine to five. I'm doing all these things with Vibe with Aid. I don't have time to teach myself Premiere. And so um, I am still doing iMovie and I love that. And I can get a like a 10 minute sit down video can be done in like under an hour. So I'm like, I'm fine with that whole process right now. <laughs> nice i use iMovie too when i um there was a point when i was doing like hula hoop tutorials and i did it on iMovie. even with the podcast i edit it on GarageBand. yeah it's so easy to just learn and you can figure out different things and also canva i don't know if you've seen how like canva you can now edit you can now add in like animations and export video clips so like i've been using canva a lot too okay i didn't Um, know you do videos Yeah. So I even use it for like the social media clips I do for let's vibe. I make those in Canva and then I'll export it and I'll put it through another app to do the captions. Mm -hmm. I'll send you all of this and then, (laughs) yeah, I'll send you all of this. And then the, um, yeah, they do like little graphics. So like if I was doing an informational video and I wanted to break it up, like the video sections, I could just do like a cute little graphic and it'll do an animation of like text. So it'll say like accessories or just as an example. And then I'll put that clip in and it looks like I made it in iMovie, but I really made it in Canva. Yeah. Canva is amazing. It's do you pay for, I think the free is great. Yeah. Free gets you by with a lot. I do pay for the 999 pro. Um, cause I use it for everything. I use it for my YouTube channel art. I use it like the thumbnail art. I use it for the coaching business. I use it for so many different things. Um, and I've paid for the pro and I really like it, but I did use free for a while until maybe like last year or the year before that. You said 999. Yeah. Yeah. 999 a month. Okay. Hmm. If my audience could invest in one type of equipment, would it be the mic, the camera, the ring light? What do you think their first investment should be? Oh boy. Mm, I would probably say the camera because if, and this is after, you know, that you like YouTube. So like after like you've kind of done a couple of videos and you're getting really used to like filming and you really like the whole process of filming, editing, and uploading, 
if you feel ready to invest in the camera, I think you should. Um, I say that just in case like someone buys the camera and then never uses it on the first try. Um, cause it's going to be hard to just kind of like do it that whole process. And like also, um, what should we call it? Do the SD cards. Another investment I think you should also make before even the camera, I will say this is an external hard drive. Mm. We don't talk, a lot of people don't talk about this. And I wish I would have known this because I had, I didn't know how much memory and like gigabyte storage, like video projects take and like footage and all of that stuff. And so even if you're like doing stuff on your phone and you're going to use your camera, your phone as your camera and stuff like that get an external hard drive just so you can keep all of your projects, all of your footage, everything in one place. And it's safe. Um, I use lossy it's L a C I E. And I got a four terabyte, which is like, it's a lot of money, but it was like $120, but I still have not filled that up. And I got it back in 2018. Um, and it's not even halfway full. (laughs) And so I think that's the best way to back up everything. I've lost some footage from 2017 and 2018 festivals, just because I was like, not having a process for all of that. So having an external hard drive helped a lot. And then I would say camera next thing would probably be lighting. Um, if you don't have access to natural lighting or good lighting, maybe invest in box lights or a ring light. And then audio can kind of come second, like the last, I would say, um, depending unless you live in like a very loud apartment or complex and dealing with that kind of stuff, then maybe look into audio. But I always try and, um, make sure that I'm filming in a room that kind of has stuff. So there's no weird echo. And then also like make sure AC isn't on. I'm also filming in a room that you can hear the fridge because my kitchen's right here too. So you can hear the fridge running from time to time and I can't control that. So that's why I was also using the mic too. So I think that's probably a good order of things um, when you start getting invested in stuff. Yeah, I love it. Great advice. I definitely think having a niche or niche, whatever, how you say it is important. Do you feel like it transfers over to YouTube? Yes, definitely. Um, And I've talked with some people and I've heard some different things about how it could work with YouTube um, just from like different courses and webinars and stuff like that I've done. I knew I wanted to start out as festivals because um, that's like vibe with aid, you know, that was a brand I started. So it was very easy for me to streamline that content into a YouTube channel. And then I also do dabble with some other things like, you know, just daily vlogging, doing health and fitness tips, random things like that, just because those are other things that interest me. However, it is unfortunate that sometimes those videos don't do as well because they're not in that niche, but it still does help people. So I think having a niche is really important. If you don't know what your niche could be or should be, I'm sure this is something else that you also recommend, Perry, is just trying out different things and seeing what your audience likes more or relates to more. And so I even recommended this to a client the other day of like, you know, if you want to figure out what the niche is and what's going to work well, do a video about makeup, do a video about festival content, do a video about something else that you're interested or whatever. And then just try and see like, you know, what gets the most views or like what gets the most comments or like what interests the most people you could also talk to. If you already have some type of audience on Instagram, you can ask them what they want to see videos of, or like what they want your expertise on. You just never know, um, what people want to see from you too. So I think there's a couple of ways that you can just kind of test out the niche and 
Um, that also ties in with, with that confidence tip on camera. What do you feel most confident talking about? Cause when it's something that you're really passionate about, you won't even have to worry about, you know, how you're coming across on camera. Cause it's something that you're passionate and talking about too. Yeah, for sure. If you can talk about it, if you feel confident in doing so, that should definitely be your niche, something that you're interested in. And like asking your audience for sure, do a poll on your story, ask what yeah. you want to see. And then kind of dabble what that's the best time to experiment is in your beginning phases. So try a little bit of everything and see what kind of goes. Yeah. Even on your stories, like you can just post, test out different things on your stories and just see what people interact with too. And then be like, oh, could this work for you too? Mm-hmm. And then you get to start conversations with people in the DM. So do yep. it. I want to talk about content creation. How do you plan um, topics for the YouTube? Yeah, so I ha- I use Trello. I don't know if you've heard of Trello. It mm-hmm. is like a project management tool. Um, that's how I track like calendar, like when I'm posting things, stuff like that. Um, topics, it's usually dependent on festivals that are coming up or anything that's gotten announced for festivals and then what time of year it is too. Um, and I try and do it. I'm trying to get better about like, okay, if this festival say like EDC is happening in October, I'm going to plan out videos leading up to EDC. Maybe I'll do like one video a month about EDC. And then the month of EDC, I'll do a lot more videos or something like that. And so I'm trying to get better about working backwards in that sense. Um, and I try and also do content that will get people in meaning like awareness level type content. So like Ubby Dubby was like a big traffic to my um, channel. And so I try and do some content like that of like, you know, how to prepare for Ubby Dubby. And because people are looking for that kind of stuff or like tips for EDC. And then I'll also kind of balance out, you know, my own life stuff. So like I'll do some vlogs in my life just so people can connect and have something to connect to outside of the tip videos. Um, right now it's just been a lot of go, go, go with the tip videos, but I'm trying to get better about having some more like life stuff in there too. Um, and yeah. And then I also like, now that festivals are coming back, I'm kind of doing more like a festival one-on-one series, just trying to get everyone reminded of like, like these are the things we do to kind of like get back into festivals. And so I've been doing like, um, how to create rave outfits, how, what, where to shop from. Cause I did like a rave brand, my go-to rave brands for clothing, go-to rave brands for accessories. I'm going to do a video about shoes. So I did kind of like whole outfit series mm-hmm. next. I'm going to be doing like pre-festival routine. Like how do I get ready for a festival and then how I recover from a festival. Nice. And then I want to do like how you build stamina <laughs> now that we're going back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so that's going to be like another little mini series within that. And then there's some other things. Oh, there's a whole camping section too. That's going to be coming. So I kind of have been doing stuff like that, but I really just look at what festivals are coming up. What can I talk about? Did a lineup just drop? Maybe I'll do a lineup video. Um, EDC, you know, getting postponed. That was like, great quick videos to do and just talk about the news. And so I've been trying to do a lot more of like those news type stuff that get dropped. Um, It was harder for me working a full-time job to do those drops, like lineup drops, news drops. But now that full-time coach, full-time content creator, it's been a lot easier to keep up with that stuff. Cause before a lineup would drop and I'm like, well, I can't get to this until like two weeks from now or something, you know? (laughs) 
So um, that's kind of how I try and plan things. I'm trying to be better about content batching. So that way everything's ready at the beginning of the month. And when those lineup drop happens, news happens, I can just be right on it and don't have to worry about my other content falling behind. Nice. Content batching is key. How do you um, content batch? Right now, I haven't been able to because of Ubby Dubby and also Seismic Dance event um, is coming up. So I really was preparing for those events. But then after that, I'm taking a week off the first week of June. And then my goal is to batch at least um, two weeks worth of YouTube videos and podcasts. Um, I've also gotten the habit of like at the end of the month, mid month, I'll record with my guests. So I recorded with you and then I think I'm going to record with someone else. Um, I'm trying to do two guests a month for the podcast. And so um, that's kind of how I've been trying to plan ahead in that sense. And then going two weeks allows me to record like the intro and outro for the podcast and then doing like a mini vibes episode and then doing two YouTube videos. Um, That seemed really manageable for me. And then I'll edit the videos like during the week um, for whatever video is coming up, basically. I love your bonus mini vibe episodes. Oh, thank you. That was really good. I know you talked about this in the podcast earlier, um, but just how do you reuse and recycle content? Don't be scared, guys, to take your content and put it on different platforms. That's how you get things done and you're not stressed. So how do you um, do that? Yeah, so I've been trying to do it a lot more. Um, It's been hard, but I've been working through almost more like laziness, I guess, of it because I'm a Taurus. So there are times I'm not like the lazy in the sense of like, I'm going to go be on the couch and just be lazy and not doing anything. It's just like, uh, is it really worth it to do this? Like, I don't really feel like doing this. And then I force myself to do it. I'm like, okay. So I've really been trying to repurpose content. So like when I have guests, I'll take like little clips from their interview and use that as promo. Um, same thing with the mini vibes episodes, I've been cropping them and using them for reels, like depending on depending on the plot, depending on the topic, if it's a topic about festivals, I'll do that on vibe with aid. If it's a topic about like life stuff, I'll do that on my coaching page. So I kind of see it as just like another way to stay consistent on social media. And that helps me like not have to create other content outside of it. Cause I already have this content already made. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll typically just clip up as I'm working through a video or a podcast, I'll clip, I'll take a clip, like a one minute clip or 30 second clip, depending on if it's for reels or TikTok. Um, I'll take the clip and then I will, um, either put it in Canva if it needs to be a square, um, or I'll put it in InShot if it needs to be like a reel or a TikTok. And then I'll use that. I've also started using mixed captions for closed captioning, um, which has really helped me. I pay for that. I think that one's also $9.99 a month, I want to say, but I'm like, this will help so much because I'm so lazy to type the captions out myself. Um, And so, yeah, I just tried to like realize that like it helps to have that content elsewhere and it can drive traffic to the podcast and to the YouTube channel. Cause some people might hear like, oh, she has a new YouTube video about this topic, but they won't actually watch it until they get like a little taste of it or they get some type of value out of it. Um, and so that kind of helps people see like, yeah, this is what she's about. This is what I could learn from her. And then that'll drive them to the YouTube channel. Yeah. I like that, especially because 
you need to, you can't expect your audience to just hop app to app to figure out what yeah. you're doing, you know? So having, bringing things. So right now I've been doing my Monday, I'll have like something about like my, my podcast um, and then Canva too, I'll make stuff in Canva. Since I haven't been recording them, but I need to, but I'm going to start doing like the guest interviews. Yeah. Yeah. That'll help. That way people can just see. Cause like, um, even just having the views of that too, like you just never know how many people are going to be able to see that. And then they're like, Oh, that's actually really helpful. That's actually interesting. Cause you're right. Not everyone is on every platform. So even if you can just get like a one minute TikTok up, like that could help so many people too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Why do you feel like YouTube's important? They say it's like an evergreen um, platform, which I kind of want to get into what is evergreen Mm -hmm. and why is YouTube important? Yeah. So YouTube is important because I think video will always be important. We love connecting with people. We always love having a visual aspect. Um, and I think video is just always going to be there and it's always going to continue to grow. Even YouTube now is doing YouTube shorts. So they're trying to compete with TikTok as well. So that is another thing, uh, another thing to think about, but, um, YouTube is also owned by Google, which I'm not sure if a lot of people knew that. And so it is very easy to get found on YouTube in that sense, when you are doing this evergreen content that Perry is talking about, which is like how to prepare for a festival that is evergreen content. If I were to make it like how to prepare for a festival 2021, that might only be relevant for that one year. Um, and so I would have to keep on remaking it, but same thing with like, you know, what's in my festival bag, that's evergreen type content. Um, that's content that's always going to live on and be good unless things up get updated or something like that. And so, Um, that is how a lot of people have actually found me and my blog is through Google search. Like my Google search is like my number one traffic source, (laughs) which is crazy in comparison to like social media. Cause I'm on social media all the time, but, um, just from people looking up, you know, electric forest ticket options. So many people have found me that way. And so, um, it's really powerful and beneficial to have place for that evergreen content. That way you always get found. And it was something I was talking about with my coach the other day, because I feel like I always have to be on and always have to be consistent and do all of these things. And if I were to take a week off of YouTube, people could still find me and still find that content. And my channel can still grow, um, which is really crazy to think about. Like, had I taken a break after like Ubby Dubby, like my channel would have still grown, like grown, but I still kept going and stuff. So it's just really great to have that aspect and just feel like, okay, I can do that. There's also the aspect of monetizing. Um, I think in comparison to a lot of the other platforms, it is very easy to monetize on YouTube in comparison. Um, So once you hit a thousand subscribers and then um, you have to have a certain watch time. I can't remember what the watch time is within a month um, or accumulate or something like that. I'd have to verify on that. But once you hit that, you can start making money on YouTube. And so you just have to make sure obviously your content's good, um, in terms of like actual content so that it's suitable for ad viewers. So making sure there's no drugs, you know, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but then, and also make sure that you don't have any copyright songs in there. Mm -hmm. Um, cause then you can get copyrighted and then that you don't make money on that video. And so 
before the pandemic, I was making a nice hundred dollar extra paycheck a month with the content, which like, I'll take it. Yeah, Yeah, I'll take it. And, um, after Ubby Dubby, I'm going to be getting my biggest AdSense paycheck, which will be really exciting because during the pandemic, you have to hit a hundred dollars in order to get paid. So, um, as your views and everything accumulate over time and the AdSense money accumulates over time, um, you can get paid, but it has to be a hundred dollars. So during the pandemic, I was getting paid maybe every three or four months. Cause I was barely hitting that threshold. Um, and so now that festivals are coming back with Ubby Dubby, I'm getting my largest AdSense check and it's almost like quadrupled. <laughs> what? Um, and yeah, and I still have a small channel, like I'm under 10 K. So, um, for anyone listening, it can be like an extra little side income and an extra paycheck and stuff. You just never know, but it's definitely, they do, do help out their creators in that sense. Cause like, I know Instagram's now you're able to monetize. I haven't quite looked into it. And like, you can obviously monetize with like brand deals and paid sponsorships and stuff like that. Um, and TikTok, they have the TikTok creator fund, but with YouTube, it just seemed, it's a lot easier way to get monetized without having to actually like do the brand sponsorships and stuff like that too. No idea. So do you pick the ads or YouTube is just like, these are the ads. So they'll try and do relevant ads with it based on like what your channel is about. Sometimes it just depends. Sometimes I'll go click on what one of my videos is and I'll get, I'll see what ad it is, but it's sometimes based on like your search results and what you search for. So like if I'm searching for like business coaching kind of stuff, a lot of the ads I get on YouTube are about business coaching stuff, you know? So it depends on that type of platform, uh, the types of videos that you're watching or the things that you're searching. And then it might also depend on the creator too. Um, it just depends, but, um, yeah, you can place ads at the end and the beginning and then in the middle as well. Wow. Okay. More incentive to go on YouTube, just a thousand followers. That's super attainable, really achievable yep. for sure. Do you feel like you have more lead leverage pitching yourself, um, to brands, at least on Instagram for paid brand deals? Yes. Um, I just don't, <laughs> uh, it just hasn't been a focus of mine yet just because I've been focusing on my coaching business and stuff. And so I just haven't been wanting to really put time towards sponsored content on Instagram. I've been very blessed that last year, all my sponsored content, those brands found me somehow. Um, I still never, I still don't know how they found me because I'm not on any like influencer platforms or anything like that. So like Bud Light and Bedhead both found me and emailed me. Yeah. Yeah. They both found me. And so, um, that's kind of nice. I do have some stuff in the works, uh, with this other company, but that's the only thing I have signed on right now for this year. Um, but yeah, I keep track of all my stats in a spreadsheet for vibe with aid. And that basically works as like, you know, things I can leverage in a media kit of like how big my audience is, how fast I've been able to grow demographics, stuff like that. I do have a media kit. I haven't updated it, but I, I would definitely update that and use that to talk to brands and having, I can also leverage having multiple platforms too. So I'm like, Oh, if you want to do Instagram, I can also do YouTube. I can also do TikTok. I can do a blog post, which is great for SEO, like stuff like that. I know with the one potential partnership I have coming up 
whenever they're ready to work with me, we are packaging like a bunch of different things because I have so many platforms that can reach a lot of people. Yeah. That's awesome. I know you're doing the like wine festival in Austin. I was like, Oh, nice. That's super cool. (laughs) Yeah. That's the first time it's coming through. Um, they're normally in San it's normally in San Diego. Um, so they're expanding to Nashville and Austin and yeah, I'm really excited about that one. That'll be fun. That's super cool. I I love wine's my favorite type of drink. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get into like life coaching. What made you want to become a life coach? Yeah. So it's crazy. I thought about it since 2017. So it is a definitely a slower manifestation that kind of came about. Um, I was 22 and graduated from Arizona state and I moved to Austin, Texas for a digital marketing apprenticeship program. And what that looked like was I would, they gave, they helped me get a full-time job. So I had a full-time job at my digital marketing agency. And then I would go to class two times a night. So I was basically continuing my education in a way. Um, and during that program, I was partnered with a business life coach and I just really enjoyed that whole experience of just going to someone and talking to them. And I remember being on the phone with my mom and I said two things. I was like, mom, I'm going to work for myself one day. I'm going to have my own business one day. Like I just told her that I was like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's going to be, but that's what I want. And then later in that call, I was like, you know what? I actually really like life coaching. Maybe that could be something. And like told her that in that call. And then I was like, maybe I'm not. And then obviously I had those thoughts of like, well, I'm too young. Who would actually work with me? Um, do I actually have enough experience to help people? Like, I feel like life coach, you have to have so much experience, all those things. So I kind of like, I gave myself those self-limiting beliefs, wrapped it up in a little box, put it in the back of my head, didn't think about it for a while. And then it was actually Maddie Maple. I saw Maddie Maple in 2018, 2019, when her page started first popping up um, because she was working with like Tasteful Girls and like she launched this podcast about breaking butterfly, called Breaking Butterfly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I love butterflies. Like, who is this girl? And that's when I learned she was a life coach and a raver. And I was like, what? Like, you can be a life coach and a raver? Like, I, I just thought like, I had that belief of like, no, you can't be a raver and a life coach, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I saw her do it. And so end of 2020, she posted a podcast episode about how she came to be in her business and all of those things. And she was like, if this is something you want to become a coach and do this, like reach out to me, this message is for you. And I was like, yes, this message is for me. Like she's literally talking to me, you know, like one of yeah. those things reached out to her and started working with her and another coach beginning of January. And it just kind of happened. I, my, once I made that known that I was like, I'm going to be a life coach. The universe just kind of like paved the way and God paved the way because my situation at my job became a sinking ship. And it was like my sign to leave. (laughs) And I was just like, you know what, like, it's time. Let's just like do it. And Maddie really helped me just to be like, it's going to be okay. You can do this. And then I took some free clients on for a month and then I started getting paid clients in March. And so now I have eight paid clients and I just launched group coaching. That'll start June 1st. Um, and that will be, I think I'm taking two groups of eight women. We'll see. I'm halfway full on one of them. So we'll see what happens, but it's been a crazy journey. And like we talked about in my episode with you, it's just like 
I was ready to struggle and I just haven't had that yet. Thank God. <laughs> but, um, it's been an amazing journey so far. Yay. That's good. That's congrats to you. I love you. how, um, eight clients right away. It's just kind of just like you have those limiting beliefs. You're like, no, one's going to listen to me also to like, I'm so young. Like, who am I to tell mm -hmm. people, you know, to live like a happy life. And when I signed up too, I ended up my group coursing had 13 girls and I was expecting maybe two, maybe yeah. two people would show up. So you never know, like just put your message out there. You may attract someone. Yeah. And it's crazy because all the work I did with vibe with eight, starting the YouTube channel, doing all those things helped get me those clients in a way, because everyone I've talked to, they've been following me for so long or they just followed me and they're like, I've seen the transformation that you've gone through and I want the same. And so had I not started YouTube or had I not been documenting that journey, like I wouldn't have gotten to where I am, you know? So, um, that's just another thing. And I think about that all the time. I was like, if I didn't pick up that camera, if I didn't post to YouTube, like I wouldn't be sitting here. So, um, another reason why you guys should just start, just start. Yeah. <laughs> and I agree for sure. It's nice having already an established audience who loves you and you share, you know, your struggle. The journey is so, you know, key of really getting to know someone and really like bonding. What did you have in place before you took that full leap into full time? I'm super interested because I'm still working my nine to five and yeah. I want to take more clients and more students on, but like, I, I just can't. Like I yeah. no time. <laughs> yes. I just, yeah. So for me, um, the only thing that I did really was I built up my savings. And I know we were talking about this a little bit in your pot in your episode on my podcast. I took 2020 at the beginning of 2020, I told my mom I'm quitting my job. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, all right, I can't quit my job. <laughs> so that was when I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself the year to just like figure out what I want to do next, figure out if I want to go to another marketing job or if I want to do this coaching, if I want to do coaching, do, does it need to be life coaching or do I want to do social media and marketing coaching or like, what would that journey look like for me? And so I took the year to really figure that out also to work on myself because I felt like I can't serve others until I've served myself. So I felt like I, 2020 was just a year for me to like get all of that together, um, which I feel like I did. And then I built up my savings. I kept on, you know, saving every month, saving where I could. It was easy because we didn't have events or traveling going on. So that definitely was a blessing in disguise. And then 2020 happened or 2021 started. And then I decided to invest in coaches. Um, cause I just felt scared in figuring it out myself. And I felt like that I was using that as an excuse. So I was like, all right, let's get me someone to stay accountable mm -hmm. and investing in those coaches really helped for me. And it was scary kind of, you know, having that come out of my savings a little bit, but I was just reminded that, you know, money flows, money will always be there. It'll always come back to me saying those affirmations of like, I love money, money loves me, all those things. Um, and then when my job situation got like to the point where I needed to go, I was like looking at doing the math, figuring it all out. And I at least knew I had about three months of my expenses um, saved up. So that made me, that gave me some comfort yeah. um, of taking that risk. And like I said, I was mentally preparing myself to struggle. Like I was like, 
you know what, this is it. I am just going to figure out where the next paycheck is coming from. If that's it, that's it. You know, like I'm just ready to not, I'm ready to struggle basically is what I was getting at. And so I sorted all of that stuff out and then I just quit. My last day was February 5th. Um, and that was really weird and hard because I've been working at that company since 2017. So that was a very hard, it wasn't a hard combo to have, but like I was literally shaking before that call to quit. And so I just waited and I did it. And then, um, the CEO understood he was very like supportive of everything and he wished me the best. So that felt really good. Um, another thing that also helped out, I do kind of have a safety net with, I do freelancing on the side. So when I quit my old manager, she was like, I've been waiting for you to quit because she's been freelancing. (laughs) So she gave me 10 hours of work. So that 10 hours of work helped a lot just to like make like that 10 hours of work at least covers, I think most of my monthly expenses. So I was like, you know what, that'll work. And then I made it a goal to get two or three clients. Mm-hmm. paid clients. And then I ended up getting eight. So it ended up just working oh, yeah. out that way. But I always tell people like, there's never going to be the right time essentially. And the way things worked out, how, how they did, it just did. But I think what you can do is just make sure your finances are in check and that you do have like an emergency savings. If you want to leave a job, start saving up now. So you can build up that emergency savings and have that expenses. And then cut back on spending. I cut back on a lot of spending this past year. Um, I also use a budgeting tool called You Need a Budget, which I highly recommend for anyone listening because you assign a dollar to every, uh, you sign a dollar to everything basically. So you see exactly where your money's going and it's helped me save a lot of money. Okay. Um, and be more like frugal in that sense. And so I was just basically kind of preparing myself for that. And then another thing that keeps a lot of people is health insurance. Um, and I was luckily on my parents' health insurance until this oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> the moment I turned 26, okay. I was kicked off. So um, I use sidecar health insurance. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like a millennial type way of health insurance where um, they have like an app and stuff um, and they send you a credit card and you use the credit card and then they'll cover whatever costs. and then you, um, pay, but pay the rest of it kind of thing. So that made me feel a lot better in that sense, finding that option. There are definitely a lot of other ways to go about health insurance that I've heard from people. Yeah. You Um, guys can buy like just on the market. You don't need to be employed to have health insurance. Yeah. Yeah. And so I budget my health insurance, I think is around 260, maybe a month that I'm budgeting for. And then I'm doing a little bit extra of saving. So I'm saving around 300 for the month, just in case when I do go to a doctor's visit and I do have a bill, I'll already have some Mm -hmm. stuff saved up for it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing I know that keeps a lot of people, but it's really not that scary. Taxes aren't that scary. I'm saving a lot more just for taxes, just in case. Um, and I'm going to probably get like an accountant and a tax person when that time comes. Nice. Do you have a business license? That's my next step is to get an LLC. So I actually just applied for it today. Oh my <laughs> hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So fingers crossed. I think that it will go through in like 30 days. So okay. that will, that was my next step too. Cause I was like, I want to have everything separate, mm-hmm. um, and make sure that my assets are good and stuff. Just in case, God forbid I get sued. Uh, my name isn't ruined or anything like that. Yeah, so yourself. 
Yeah. So that was my next step. I also had gotten like a better contract for like my clients and me. So now we're doing more like the business admin kind of stuff to like Mm -hmm. make myself legit. Um, not that I wasn't legit before I was basically like a self proprietor doing like coaching stuff, but now I'll be official LLC, which is crazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's That's my, um, goal this weekend was to figure out the website and to buy it and do that stuff. That's cool. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I do want to talk about coaching. If people are probably like, what is even this? There's a couple of different options of coaching, either doing like private one-on-one or course. I've never done a mastermind. Have you done one? No, I've never done one. I've been thinking about it. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, me too. Um, So I just kind of want to just talk about, so what is even one-on-one coaching? Yeah. So one-on-one coaching, I have clients um, that do 12 week programs. And so um, one-on-one coaching, it's really personalized to you. What is it? The thing, what are the things that you want to work on the things that you want to accomplish and stuff like that? My main program is the find your why program. So in 12 weeks, we figure out what your why is, which I know Perry has done an episode on her podcast about, but it's really just figuring out what your why is, what is your meaning for life? What gives you that motivation, that fire, everything like that. And then, um, we find the why, and then we integrate it into your life and what that means for you. So I say life coaching at that point, because so many people are interested in so many different things because they find the why, and then they realize they want to start a YouTube channel to live out the why, or they need to grow their confidence to live out the why and so on and so forth. And so, um, that's what one-on-one coaching could look like for someone is, um, you might have a specialized program or it might just be here are the things you want to work on and just kind of tackling that with your coach. Nice. And then what's your new course about? When does it go live? Yeah. So, um, recharge your vibe is my group coaching that I launched and it starts June 1st. And I have, um, two separate groups. I have one group that's going to be seven 30 and then on Tuesdays and then another group at noon on Wednesdays. Um, And this is all about for people that are feeling stuck in life. They went through a pandemic and they feel like they didn't accomplish anything or they feel like they never met their goals or they just feel stuck. And they're like kind of nervous for the pandemic, kind of like normaling out. And they really just want to, you know, it's kind of like a mid-year check-in of like, how do you want the rest of this year to go? Who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? everything like that. So I'm really excited for that. And that will be, um, my first time doing group coaching. So we'll see how that all goes, but I've been in other like mentorship, like stuff like that. So I think it'll go great. Um, and they're all ravers and festival goers too, which is cool. So we'll all get to connect on this stuff and kind of navigate all this stuff together. Yeah. Same. All my students, they're all, yeah, it's so cool. And I'm not really hundred percent sure what a mastermind is. I think a mastermind is more of a group course, but with multiple yeah. speakers. Maybe? I think it's something like that. And it, you can also travel for it. Mm, okay. Yes. So that one's like more like a retreat in that sense. Cause I've seen like, uh, Natalie Ellis, who's the owner of boss babes. She yeah, uh, did like a mastermind kind of thing in like Florida with like some other of those big people, those big name people. Yeah. I think actually last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think with masterminds, those are for more like experienced type of people. I'm pretty sure we're like, you know, if like me, you, Emma, 
could do like a mastermind where we all just kind of like bounce ideas off each other and like strategize and like stuff like that in a way i'm putting it in the universe we're gonna yeah we're putting that in the universe (laughs) now we'll have that (laughs) would be amazing so this is um wrapping it all up this is a question that i ask all the guests all the guests i'm just losing words right now so what does productivity meets party mean to you how are you able to have fun and get all your stuff done Wow. This is such a good question. (laughs) I think the best thing to do is plan. I'm such a planner. I'm such a get organized type person. And I think the best way to allow myself to be productive, but then also party and make time for it is planning. Um, and setting, setting aside that time to work and knowing when it's time to stop working and then knowing when it's time to like celebrate and party. Um, I used to be the type that went out every weekend and that's not me anymore. Um, I'd rather go out for special occasions, just it's financially better for me and it feels a lot more sweeter, you know, like it feels like, oh, I just launched group coaching. I can go have a drink with my boyfriend and celebrate that, you know, stuff like that. So I think it's about prioritizing your needs and your time and just knowing the partying will always be there, but what is that work that you can do to get 1% better every day? um, to get to where your goals are and everything like that. So I hope that answered that. I feel like that it's always planning for me and stuff and just kind of putting action towards your goals and stuff. Yes. I love that. So true. You got to plan it out and then you won't feel behind. You seem to have a structured plan and you can do anything. Thank you so much for coming on. I love you so much and I can't wait to connect with you more and we're officially friends. Like, yes, <laughs> of course. Yes. Thank you for having me. I love you too. Um, definitely. We'll hit you up when we're in Vegas. Cause I think we might be going a day earlier. So for, um, EDC. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to do something. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Isn't she absolutely amazing? She is such a queen. We talked about a lot today about YouTube content creation and becoming a life coach. Make sure you check out my interview on her podcast, Let's Vibe Podcast with Vibe with Aid. I will link everything in the show notes below. So she has her TikTok Vibe with Aid, Instagram Vibe with Aid, YouTube channel Vibe with Aid, and she's just such an amazing queen. And I cannot wait to meet her in person. I hope you enjoy the episode. If so, please share it on your story. Tag both of us tag both the queens post it on your story leave a five-star review on apple podcast tell your mom i bet your mom would truly enjoy the podcast i hope you guys have a great day i love you partiers so much i will see you same time same place next week Party, party, party.